0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole as we take a look at the most recent event of the EKN Trackside Live Tour presented by Cooper Tires. It's, uh, it's interesting because the uh, light at the end of the tunnel is getting a little bit bigger. Uh, we're play- I, think, I think it's going to end up being 26 EKN Live broadcasts throughout the 2018 uh, uh, season. Uh, actually, it might be 27, in fact. But anyways, we're almost there. I was down at the, the Texas Pro Kart Challenge event, the finale, event number four at the Dallas Karting Complex in Cattle Mills, Texas, just this past weekend. Uh, we've got the WKA race coming up. David Cole and I heading to Lancaster this weekend for the Streets of Lancaster race. And, of course, capping off the entire season of our Trackside Live coverage of the SCUZA Super Nationals in November. This week's show presented by CRG Nordam. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. After years of independent American importers, CRG Nordam is now managed directly by the factory and run out of their state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and they're serious about success. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. Now, David, let's uh, I'll jump into a quick little overview of the Texas Pro Car Challenge event. But, you know, there's there's been events that you've been to, and I've been lucky. I haven't had any rain. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I know that you know, you've got rain every once in a while. You've been hit by some rain. Man, we got a ton of rain. Not on Sunday when we we're racing, but Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That Dallas era cattle mills got absolutely pounded with rain. It was it was very David Cole
1: asking? <laughs> well, you know, luckily for you, you didn't have to go out really into the elements. You were covered uh, there with their uh, second story awning there, so you got a little lucky. You didn't have to go out and take photos or do this or that. Well,
0: you know, that's true. I was going to say the rain was coming in sideways, so I, I posted some stuff to uh to my uh, social media and ek and social media where I had I had like tire boxes up because it was an, we were outside announcing. All of course, all our equipment, laptop. Uh, mixing board all in some some tire boxes covered in a tarp but the wind was coming in sideways but you're correct I wasn't out on the racetrack yeah every corner worker Ken Johnson who was shooting uh photography for the weekend everybody had their rubber boots on but I was lucky you know, I, there was minimal coverage for me but you're right I wasn't out there like you would have been
1: no not at all not at <laughs> all but it's good it's good to see you get into the elements you know hundred you know <laughs> triple triple de- Tem- uh, triple digit temperatures in Amarillo and then rain now in Dallas.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I know that you were probably home with your foot up on the couch, you and your son watching the football game while I was out there, busting my butt in the, uh, in the, actually it was Sunday. was a better day, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, I was I know, been,
1: mowing the lawn, cleaned the car and then watched football. Wow. Yeah.
0: Crossing off the honey do mm. list. Good for you. Good for you. Well, we're going to Lancaster this weekend. So you need to get that lawn cut now. So, as I said, the region absolutely hammered by rain Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And by I mean hammered, I mean uh, at one point there was tons of flooding around the area. Driving back from the track to the hotel, which is I think probably about a, not even a 10-minute drive, uh, there was one particular part where the fields on both sides were flooded and it was like powering underneath the, uh, underneath the, the highway. It was crazy. We were actually going to, to Mark and Gina French's place for dinner. The staff was heading there on Saturday night. We couldn't get there. I took my map quest, took me down this one side road, and I got maybe a mile and a half off the highway. And there was probably about a hundred yard flood across the road. Went back around the other way to try to get to their place, and the road actually got closed off by the the city workers. We couldn't get there. We ended up at a chili's with some of the staff having nachos. And a couple of beers. It was, it was that bad. In fact, one of the staff members uh, on, on the crew actually had to stop, jump out of the truck, and ended up pulling a lady out of her car, which was getting ready to get flooded. So a little, little uh, heroic action there by uh, members of the of the Super Supercars USA and uh, and Texas Pro Kart Challenge staff. Dude, it was it was that bad. I was Mark even said he wouldn't have been surprised if he rolled into the track on Saturday morning or even Sunday morning and saw it completely flooded. Because that area is just not used to dealing with that much water. It's crazy.
1: First off, let me uh, make sure you're not using MapQuest because nobody uses MapQuest anymore.
0: I think I was using Google Maps actually. Okay, wanted to.
1: I just wanted to make sure you're not in the 1990s and you're looking up <laughs> MapQuest online and going, oh, how do I get to this place? Well, um, you know, they do have
0: an app, Dave. MapQuest has an app. I've used that before, but no, I use Google Maps. Who
1: uses MapQuest? Honestly, <laughs> who throws a shoe? Who throws a shoe? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, it's almost kind of like, uh, Houston having, you know, the, the hurricane come through, you know, this was kind yeah. of a, not quite the, the, the amount of rain, but uh, something that Texas is not used to, which is a lot of, a lot of rain. Uh, you know, Phoenix yeah. has had that type of situation before where, uh, during the winter months, uh, where they've had to actually pull all the cart trailers out of the paddock because of the rain amount yeah. that was going to come through.
0: And that's, that's pretty much it. There was a lot of water. And the funny thing is that, so take that amount of water. Here's kind of why I'm reiterating it is because even though it stopped raining on late, on probably middle of Saturday night, we ended up having a dry, a damp racetrack to start qualifying on Sunday morning. There's a lot of standing water around the track in the, in the grass areas and right between turn 10 and turn 15, essentially right at the grid, there's a big deep compression where they've kind of got a place to, you know, store some of that water, kind of a water runoff. Well, it had super saturated the ground so much that the, the, the water was still wicking up inside the asphalt coming out of turn 14 and 15, which is the little double kind of a left-hand corner that's coming straight back at the pit lane. Um, so for the entire race day, there was water all the way across the track in turn 15. So they would come hammered out of 14, which is a left-hander. They'd go through this big, you know, probably about a six or seven foot, maybe 10 foot wide patch of water, totally soaked the tires and would have to turn into the corner. And it just, it made the weekend so odd because drivers were trying to get a feel for, you know, how to take that corner, what speed. We saw guys going off and into the barriers. There's a, there's rumble strips on the outside of the track, but then there's probably about, I want to say about eight feet and then the barriers. Well, that eight feet is painted. It's not even the regular asphalt. So drivers would get over the rumbles and if they weren't straight, they tried to get on the throttling around. They went, and it really kind of changed the complexion of the entire weekend. Made it really, really cool, and and enough so that M- Mike Jones and I were laughing that hey, we got to water down one corner in every race we go to because <laughs> it 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 cooled the tires off every lap, and dude, it it made for some really exciting racing and a lot of passes in that corner as well.
1: Definitely makes things exciting. Uh, It's kind of like you know, um, you know. I, it, it throws a new element into yeah. into driving instead of just being focused in on on hitting your marks. You got to be aware of the elements that are around you, and especially in that section. Uh, you know, it almost looks you know, we've we've seen kind of issues like that before with track uh, drainage. Uh, GoPro is one example. When they first were built, uh, they had certain sections of the track that would not dry because, like you said, the water just sat there forever and would seep out onto the onto the racetrack. And so. Uh, I can kind of, i I've seen it before, and it it makes yeah. things a lot a lot trickier. So it's obviously now something that DKC is aware of and maybe can can address uh, in the future.
0: Again, folks, Rob Howard and David Cole here on the EKN Radio Network as we're pr- providing the overview of this debrief, this breakdown of the final round of the Texas Pro Kart Challenge at the Dallas Karting Complex, uh, wet racetrack and turn number fifteen. Otherwise, really just a great atmosphere overall on the weekend. David, with the championships on the line. I think we all know there's there's lots and lots of great talent in the state of Texas. We've seen guys go out and win national number plates. A lot of the younger guys are finding themselves running for race wins on the pro tour or whatever events they go to. And I know there's some people that kind of complain about DKC. I I like I like the layout. I know a lot of guys love it as well. Not some people say it's tough to pass there. Now, granted, there was I saw passes in five different corners, so there's there's opportunities to make the pass. You just got to be able to get things done correctly. So overall. Pretty good weekend. Single race format. They did a uh, a Saturday practice, Sunday race in March during the school year. In the off season, they did Friday practice, double header Saturday Sunday at both NTK and then at Amarillo, and then back now into the into the uh, the school season. It was back to a a, a Saturday practice, uh, Sunday race. Everybody was able to get rolled in by probably about four or five o'clock, and they were on the road home. So I I really like that approach. Uh, overall, just a fantastic weekend. And after this break, folks, when we come back, I'll jump into the paddock pass, talk a little bit about what happened away from the racetrack. But again, this is the debrief, episode number 34, September 26, 2018. When we get back, we'll talk more about the final round of this year's Texas Pro Car Challenge. Fresh off of two USPKS Drivers National Championships and the Team Championship, Nitro Kart has some very exciting news for the youngest racers just getting started. The all new Nitro Kart Kid Kart. Now beginning racers can enjoy the same kind of championship winning performance as cadet kart drivers. Designed in the USA and manufactured in Italy, the Nitro Kart Kid Kart features the same premium quality and engineering you've come to expect from Nitro Kart k carts are in stock now, so order yours today. Hi,
1: this is Hayden Jones, Team Nitro Kart driver number 716 in KA100 Jr. and X30 Jr. I just won my first national event, and I couldn't have done it without Nitro Kart's support. Nitro Kart has a few arrive-and-drive spots open for the cadet classes at Scusa Supernats. They help me win, and they'll help you too. For details, contact Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868. Look forward to seeing you at the track. Now let's hear
0: what the experts have to say about Nitro Kart. Nitro Kart,
1: race one or
0: one. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode number 34 of the EKN Debrief, September 26th. David Cole and I breaking down the Texas Pro Kart Challenge. Final round at the Dallas Karting Complex in Caddo Mills. Let's jump into the Paddock Pass. This Episode of the Paddock Pass is presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from, and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get you the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration cart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. So, David, i got a couple of things to talk about here. Number one, uh, I'll reiterate the standing water that we had in the grassy area, of course, made Sunday really exciting. Uh, one section of the racetrack being wet all day made things super interesting for turn 15. Drivers had to kind of run through that puddle every lap, but they just had to figure out how to get through. Some guys were climbing up on top of the curb. Uh, Alejandro Jaramillo won an X30 Senior. He really had it handled up on the curb. Other guys were trying to get the thing crossed up. At one point, some guys were trying to go really deep into the corner, get it diamonded onto the dry pavement and try to pull out from there. There were just lots of different approaches. Some of them worked. Some of them did not because uh, there was lots of oohs and ahs as guys were getting into the barriers on the next of that corner. One of the cool things, David, I think we'll be talking about it more. I know the official announcement's going to be coming soon, really was the official debut of the new Crosslink competition team. And essentially, Dallas Karting Complex, since he's shutting down their national squad, the DKC squad, they sold their trailer. They decided to focus back on their club, on the, on the racing that they have at DKC itself. Sean Owens, who kind of ran the DKC national team, then hooks up with Crosslink Competition, who has a, a squad in the F4 U.S. Championship. They're expanding into the karting community to get a you know, connection to the younger drivers. Uh, a, a lot of the drivers who were with DKC stuck with Sean still on their Sodi cart equipment. I believe they're going to be making the move to Tony kart. But that was kind of interesting, David. Crosslink competition, really one of the first car teams to really you know, aggressively come in with a the team, uh, their own team, in, in right at this point, regional level Kart,
1: Yeah, karting again, it, it's the feeder program. It is where you're going to begin most of the time, probably 85% to 90%, 90% of the time, you're going to start... Your motorsports career. Uh, we still have the a few exceptions that you know go through quarter midgets, or or some that just don't even get into the sport until they're they're fifteen or sixteen years old, and just go right into cars. So, um, it's wise for some of these teams to get more involved in karting. Uh, I wish I would see it more often. Um, I wish a lot of these other teams would get involved in karting in some way. Uh, but again, you know, if again, if you're not doing it the the, the right way or don't have the right components. Uh, It doesn't typically typically work either. So, um, you know, it will be interesting to see how they uh, approach karting uh, with with as part of under their umbrella. So um, that's it's still exciting to see, though, uh, a car program that had no karting uh, affiliation get in, get involved in the sport.
0: And I think the interesting thing with this program is the fact that, number one, we're talking about a very small you know, a small percentage of the sport itself, the community, maybe one to 2% are those kids that are anywhere between, you know, 13 and 18 years of age who are getting themselves ready to potentially make that move that they've got career aspirations and they're using karting as that, that stepping stone where they're learning the race craft. Personally, what I've seen over the last number of years, the guys that have the, the most success when they go into cars is the guys that have run at least one, two, or maybe three years of senior karting they run senior karting, like an Oliver Askew, like Kyle Kirkwood. These guys, Dakota Dickerson, they come out of uh, out of senior level karting, and then they get into the cars, and, and they've just got that racecraft, that real racecraft, not the mini or junior racecraft, but the hardcore elbows up, you know, drop the gloves senior racecraft. That's the best transition. I'm really hoping that that's the way they approach this program. Crosslink does where they'll have drivers come up through their car team or karting team get them into a year or two of senior and then move them potentially to F4, whatever it may be. But you're right. The cross the cross marketing that we can get with a team like Crosslink when they are marketing the fact that they have a karting team uh, could be good for growing the sport on other levels as well. But cool to see Sean Owens. Great guy. He knows his stuff and he's going to head up that program. Uh, of course, a new an official announcement coming out very soon. Last but not least uh, for the Paddock Pass, one driver that kind of surprised me. I've seen him at the Texas Pro Kart Challenge for the, for the year. He's been actually coaching uh, Chase Gardner, and he's working actually to coach more drivers for VME Cart USA. That's Jacob Loomis, uh, the Texan showing up actually with a cart running an X30 senior. Surpri- kind of surprised me that he was there. get a chance to kind of do a one-off with VME, but he's solidified his his uh, work with the VME USA program. Uh, got a chance to drive, but he's going to be working with more drivers uh, at Las Vegas when they go for their events with VME Cart USA, which is, I think, pretty cool, but good to see Jacob out there and of course, when we go to the race report, we'll talk about his action, but awesome to see him get a chance because he's obviously trying to get the cars himself, doing some car racing, but back in, you know, back home again, like everybody does come back to the roots to get back behind the wheel of a racing cart.
1: Well, he was actually at the WK event, uh, the weekend before, There you go. uh, racing, uh, with the Emmy cart there. So, uh, I didn't happen to put two and two together until I walked the paddock. I believe it was Saturday night. Realized, Oh yeah, that's who that is. Um, <laughs> So, um, because, again, I've, I've, I've known of Jacob for a while uh, through, you know, karting previously and then in the car stuff that he's done uh, over the last few years. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the VME Kart USA is really focused on on trying to get more people not only in the sport, but on board with VME Kart. Uh, obviously, Chase Gardner's done a really yeah. great job this season uh, with the brand. Uh, Elliot Cox is another cadet driver uh, in the Midwest that's been doing very well as well, uh, and we've seen it win on the Pro Tour level the last couple of years. Uh, so it's it's and and challenging the Americas as well too. So it's yep. it's not just a cadet brand, and it's not just a it, it, it's got a full they, they have a full roster of, of chassis models for all the different age levels, and they continue to. Uh, to do well
0: well you go back to the designer right uh vince mandarino that guy knows his stuff he and his son lorenzo won the supernationals at one point but uh once vince got into ch- the chassis designing getting the cart built in italy L- lorenzo actually living in italy he's there uh doing a lot of work with vme over there running with lo- running his own team and, and guys and it's just a quality chassis and they've got a, they've, they've done a good job branding the cart looks a bit different got that beautiful gold color to it so no i i think it's uh it's a great program, and it was indeed cool to see Jacob Loomis running in, in Texas, and as you said, uh, running uh, WK as well. I chatted with him briefly yesterday online. He was telling me that they'll be in Vegas, and he's going to be coaching more guys. Not sure how much more racing he's going to do, but he is going to be the driver coach for uh, VME Kart USA, which is awesome. So into the commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. Time to start talking about the actual races. We'll get uh, jumping into the uh, the seven categories that we're on track at Texas, beginning with X30 Senior. But stick with us after this break, rolling into the race report. With the season winding down, it's time to start planning for 2019 and how you're going to take your racing to the next level. For so many race winners and championship winners, that choice was obvious. Joining the Rawlison Performance Group and its staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners and Team USA members. We're dedicated to your development, your constant improvement, and your success. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. It's what we do. We win. Our tent is already fully booked for this year's Super Supernationals in Las Vegas, but we're now reserving spots in our program for the 2019 Supercart USA Winter Series, the Pro Tour, the Super Nationals, and both the California Pro Kart Challenge and the KM am Karting Challenge. If you're looking forward to 2019 and you want to explode out of the gate to put in the best season of your life, call us to reserve a space under our tent for the Supercart USA Winter Series. It's been an incredible season at the Rawls Performance Group and we couldn't be more proud of our drivers and their successes. On the Skuza Pro Tour, we won the S2 Stock Honda Championship and earned Vice Champion Honors in S1 Stock Honda, X30 Senior, and X30 Masters. In the California Pro Car Challenge, we won the Mini Swift title, and in the Can-Am Karting Challenge, our drivers were crowned champions in Tag Senior, X30 Junior, and Microswift. If you want to fight for championships in 2019, call us. If you want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is the same. Call us at 503-260-4514. For Rawlison Performance Group, we race to win.
1: This is Brian Jarskrak, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 34 of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, as I break down my last trip to the Texas Pro Kart Challenge Series, the finale at Dallas Karting Complex just a week ago. Now onto the race report. Let's we'll start talking about some of the wheel-to-wheel battles we saw throughout Sunday. This edition of the race report presented by Comet Kart Sales. History, success. Family. These are three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest-tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure that you head to CometKartSales.com or call them at 317 462 three four one three to be part of the comic cart sales family today. All right, David into X 30 senior, pretty good battle coming in. It was going to be Alejandro Jaramillo versus Brendan Baker. They have kind of had a year long battle Baker with one DQ from D I think it was at, at Denton, but Jaramillo comes in fired up. It's DK sees his home racetrack. He knows he can get around there quickly. He had a focus on winning the race, focus on winning the title, But in that kind of damp, you know, after the rains on Saturday, the damp qualifying, Baker just able to pip him by eighteen thousandths of a second in qualifying, so that puts them on the front row still. Uh, Baker makes uh, him, Baker gets the lead early, uh, pulls away a bit, but he makes a minor error coming through turn number fifteen, pushes wide, Aramillo able to get a better run and is able to pass him at the end of the straightaway into turn one and takes the the pre-final win now. Then we go into the main event, and this is where things are going to be. is going to kind of get pretty exciting. Baker, again, gets out to the early lead. But, David, you know in these races, if a guy's really, really fast out of the box, you're not quite sure if you're going to see a guy at the end, right? Because when you start pushing that hard, you know the guys behind you, their their, their carts are going to start coming in. And and I'm always leery when a guy jets out to like a three or four second lead early, if he can hold that to the very end.
1: Yeah, it yeah, it goes either fits 50-50. Some some drivers they're able to maintain that lead. Uh they're, yeah. they're able to keep a consistent pace down lap after lap after lap. Uh and he, like you said, sometimes guys just set up for the early laps and and they tend to fade away. Uh so you just never quite know what you're going to see uh until the laps unwind.
0: Well, Baker out early and we know the guy's a veteran. He can drive it. Well, and he still had good lap times. But Heramilo's Tony Kart just started to come in. You could see that his t- lap times were just going down and down. He was able to reel in Baker, makes the pass, f- goes on for the race win, and wins the title. Uh, working with Adam Johnson all year long. When we were at Amarillo, they were under a ten by ten tent. Uh, they were under the Crossley competition uh, tent this particular weekend. Uh, but really, just a great run for for Jaramillo. rookie driver. You know, in the in the X30 senior category, going against the CRG Nordam veteran. Brendan Baker, I was just really impressed. Great kid, great personality. Uh, kind of reminds me of Pato Award when he was a bit younger. He's got that kind of cool personality, good kid. But man, this kid's a talent behind the wheel for sure. Very impressive the way he handled himself under that kind of pressure all you know all year long.
1: Well, he he and uh, and Johnson have a, a good working relationship together. They've they've known each other for a while. Uh, I believe they've worked all through his his junior career. So so they have a good dynamic together. Uh, and it's able to to prove very well uh, in 2018.
0: Uh, behind those two guys up front, tremendous battle between Caden Gray and Travis Wiley for third. Back and forth, Travis putting a ton of pressure on Caden. But again, I'll bring up Jacob Loomis. We talked about him in the paddock pass. He had an issue uh, in the in the pre final. Actually, got off the track and turned 15. I talked about guys getting into the barrier. He got into the barrier, kept going, got into the into the dirt, had the throttle down, and the dirt was mud. Around he goes, DNF's the pre-final. Starts dead last in 13th, works his way forward. Finally, by the end of what was a 22-lap main on that 7 tenths of a mile track, closes up, I want to say second last lap, or maybe the last lap, able to get around, close up and get around Wiley. That allowed Caden Gray enough of a kind of, a, you know, the cushion to be able to pull away uh, as Loomis and, and Wiley uh, battled. But Gray ends up on the podium in third, Wiley fifth, as Loomis able to get by for fourth. So really a good run for Jacob as he goes from the tail of the field, catches up to those guys, and gets a solid fourth-place finish on the VME. All in all, just a pretty good race. You know, good good battle up front, great battle for the final podium position. Everything you want out of an X30 senior race.
1: Yeah, and it's good to see that the numbers have have grown in that category this season. And, and I think we'll have some probably junior drivers moving up next year as well. So I think the numbers are only going to continue to improve uh, in X30 Senior. Yeah,
0: I was going to talk about it a little bit uh, at, at the end. But the really interesting thing is you, you talk about they have 13 drivers here, but they had a total of 29 drivers race at least one race in X30 Senior. So there's a lot of guys in Texas. They just got to commit to running the whole program. And you're going to have 30 guys at every race, but, you know, 29 total run, at least one. Ideally, everybody will say, hey, you know what? If we all get together, we can put a good series on here and have a really strong field of X-30 seniors. We'll see if that happens uh, in 2019. Moving now to X-30 Jr. Coming in, title battle essentially between Emiliano Richards and Brandon Tyner. Uh, That said, John Burke was really the guy to watch early on throughout the weekend and throughout Sunday. Uh, Qualifies in the poll, wins the pre-final, in the pre final, though, and this was tough, Richards got uh, Emiliano Richards gets docked two spots for blocking in the pre final, drops in from second back to fourth, and really when all the you know the chips had came in, all the dust had settled, that kind of was the difference in the championship. Richards then steps up and wins the wins the final. He takes the lead early and just jets away. Not like Baker pulling away. That said, <laughs> in, in X30 senior, Richards pulls away, but it was, I think, Tyner and Burke, just gloves were off. Like, they were just duking it out. I'm surprised they didn't work together more uh, to try to catch back up to to Richards. But, man, they just went at it, and Richards was able to stretch away. Richards ends up getting the win. Uh, Tyner, uh, Burke finishes second. Tyner finishes third, but he wins the championship in that guaranteed Super Sunday starting spot for Las Vegas and the Supernats. By just seventeen points, and the difference between the seventeen was the twenty points that uh, that Richards lost for the block in the pre final. It's tough, but you know what? If you do it, and the race director sees it; it's going to get called. Um, it's funny; people always put the focus right on that one race. Well, if that didn't happen, we would have won the championship. But you got to look back to the first race. You got to look, you know, in when you lost twenty points in that pre final or whatever you did there. You know, there's. There's times where you can lose points throughout the entire season. It just happened that this particular one here, you know, changed what what could have been the outcome on that particular. Day.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that it's not that one race. It's you lost points all season long in yeah. certain spots. I mean, if you what it happens if you would have qualified pole, you would that gap would have been only seven points uh, going. That's you it. Know? So That's again, it. you know, we've seen that in in many many championships. So. So yeah, you kind of want to place blame on in certain situations, but it really wasn't that because again, you were at fault. It was your own fault. It wasn't. It was called. Uh, Obviously, didn't sound like it was disputable. Uh, Blocking is blocking. We we've seen we've seen it many 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 times before, and sometimes it's easier just to give up that spot and then to get it back the next lap after you regroup. So. Uh, just part of it's part That's of it right part there. of learning, part of uh, de- uh, developing yourself as a driver. So I'm sure, uh, yeah. I'm sure uh, Richards will will learn from this and and move forward.
0: Yeah, he's fast. Now moving to X30 Master. This is kind of kind of disappointing. Only a short, only three drivers there in the Masters category. They had a total of sixteen drivers enter throughout the season. Another case where guys just didn't come to DKC. I don't know whether or not. I know that they've got a really good group. A lot of the drivers in the Texas PKC are located down in the Houston area and maybe just didn't want to drive up for a one-off weekend. It was It's a shame. They had three drivers. But the funny thing is we, we had probably, uh, I want to say, some of the most excitement with just those three drivers, and they really never raced wheel-to-wheel, which was hilarious. So in qualifying, again, a little damp, Keith Harless, he ends up stealing the pole away from point leader Miguel Mir on the final lap of qualifying. Harless drops a lap right at the very end. Excellent job. Pre-final, Mir walks away, dominates it, takes the win. Harless in second. Rod Lake ends up in third. I think I think Rod and, and, and Keith were a little closer together. So we go into the main event. Uh, again, 20 laps. Miguel Mir jets out. Got it handled. Uh, in fact, the whole field pretty separate. I think uh, I think five or six laps in it might have been that. Lake, Rod Lake ends up spinning in turn 15 in that tough, wet corner. Just gets in there and kind of does not a full spin. Just one of those kind of 90-degree, you know, counterclockwise and stops gets going again. So he's well back. So the field of three are totally separated. I'm like, this is going to, this is going to kill me trying to call this race. Well, coming through 15, the old treacherous turn 15 collects another one. Miguel Mir leading the way, locks it up, going in. He's pointing straight at the barriers. He could probably have just let it go straight and tapped it, pushed back and kept going. Instead, everybody <laughs> he gets the thing crossed up sideways, side hits, it, hits it, right on the side pod. And it kind of takes him off the track. He's high centered off the track in the dirt between the, the, uh, the barriers and can't get it going. And he doesn't jump out to pull it back on the racetrack. He's trying to kick, kick away everything, get it off him. And he just doesn't get out of the cart. The corner workers come and try to help him. Here comes Harless. He goes through here comes Lake. He goes through. So Mikhail goes back to, to third, but he still doesn't get out of the cart and he can't get it going. He ends up getting lapped. So he goes down to third. He's going to win the championship anyways. So, you know, everybody's flabbergasted. Can't believe this happens. Harless is leading. It's over. Harless, you know, Lake's back by 15 seconds or maybe 12 seconds or whatever it is. Well, all of a sudden, and there's still 12 to go, 10 to go. Well, Lake's about a second quicker than Keith. I think Keith is just chilling out a little bit. He's got this big lead and Lake's up on it. He's pushing hard. He closes like a, a second a lap, almost 7 to a second a lap. He gets down to the point, David, where his pace is going to put him on Harless's rear bumper uh, to begin the penultimate lap. So we're fired up. This is going to be awesome. Actually, but to begin the last lap. Well, on the, very, on the second last lap, Lake spins out in turn number seven. Race is over. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, I was <laughs> – it was like a comedy of errors almost. You know what I mean? It was, it was so exciting because I thought Lake, we're going to have a battle. Last lap battle. No, we could have played the circus music. Guys spread it out like crazy. Turn 15 was pretty treacherous. Let's put it this way. For three carts, there was more excited excitement than I think any of us figured we were going to have.
1: You know, that, that's a good idea. I could go back and, and put circus music in the background of the yes. X-30 Master Final. So that way, when we play it on the EKN Radio Network, you can hear it playing in the background as you're announcing it. So, uh, yeah, it might work out. But again... That's why you, that's why you got a race to the checkered flag. Yes, right.
0: You do. It just it caught us all off guard. First, when Miguel went off, we were all just nobody could say anything. And then Rod spun. It, it was exciting. He was closing up. He was uh, he was up on the wheel for sure, trying to get there. I'll I'll, I'll give him props. Uh, uh, Rod was on a charge coming forward. Just uh,
1: if too if, little, too late. If memory serves me correct, I think Miguel has had issues at every <laughs> single racetrack he's gone to this year.
0: That was a topic of, of discussion at the podium. Was the fact that uh, I, yeah, I think he got a penalty for driving over top of Harless at Speed Sports first race. He got too over aggressive. Started last after problem with the pre final. Drove to the front. He had like still had fourteen laps left. Just overcooked it and got over top of, of Harless in a in the hairpin on the final corners of the track. He gets a penalty. Then we go to NTK, and I want to say through a chain at NTK in one of the races. Like the pre, like the warm-up
1: lap or something, wasn't well,
0: it? Yeah, the warm-up lap of the main event. Exactly. One of the Cherry brothers, I think, ended up winning that one. Then we go to Amarillo, and he breaks the throttle cable <laughs> early in the race. And it was going to be, I think Cherry was battling. I can't remember even who Cherry was battling with at that point. Yeah. They end up going off in the final corner, and David Pergande yep. wins. <laughs> so... Miguel Mir still wins the championship in the category based on all the other wins. But yeah, he's it's been an up and down year for Miguel Mir, despite showing unbelievable speed. Fastest driver in the category all year yeah, long. Yeah,
1: but you still got to make it to the checkered flag again. You got to make it to the checkered.
0: Say that, to, to finish first, first you must finish. All right, we got three down, we got four to go. This is the race report here on episode number 34 of the EKN Debrief Texas Pro Kart Challenge uh, on the hot seat here today. Again, Race Report brought to you by Comet Kart Sales. Stick with us when we get back from this break. Mini Swift, Micro Swift, S2, and S4. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more attempt, right? I'll tell you right now. The best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Braille art carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years experience training drivers including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Are you a four-cycle racer looking for an awesome event to cap off your 2018 season? Do you love street races? If so, then head south in November to the Inverness Grand Prix. The Inverness Grand Prix Motorsports Festival is coming to downtown Inverness on Friday and Saturday, November 16th and 17th. It's the only karting street race in the southeastern U.S., and it's going to be fun and a family event. With classes as AKRA Briggs 206, clone categories, and challenging street track for five turns, the Inverness Grand Prix is the most attended event. There are cadet, junior, and senior master classes, so it's open to anyone 10 years of age and older. There's a free Friday night street concert with the spasmatics and food trucks on site. For more information and registration, go online to InvernessGrandPrix.com. Welcome back to the EK and debrief Rob Howard alongside David Cole, breaking down the final round of the Texas pro cart challenge at the Dallas carting complex. Let's jump into uh, mini swift. Now the race report brought to you by Comet cart sales, mini swift, really an impressive show, uh, probably the best race I think of the, of the weekend. Uh, Alex Stanfield comes in as the point leader and really just kept up the momentum he's had all year long. Great start qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final just, you know, locking up the points he needed to make sure he was going to win the championship start of the main he gets out front and really flawless just drives out front near the last five laps jack jeffers who's who's chasing him down chase gardner was in there aiden rudolph they're starting to pick up some pace they're working together jeffers is closing up uh and final lap to within a length actually starts putting a bit of pressure on him with with two to go and and you know, Stanfield's got some good pace. Coming out of turn nine into this double apex turn 10, which is right in front of the grid area at Dallas Carding Complex, instead of running the big wide line to make sure he got a good run, like so many drivers, especially young drivers do, David, he blocks to the inside, runs that defensive line down to the inside. Well, it's a double apex corner. It's not like it's a single apex where he's going to be able to maybe have a right-hander after that. Well, the double apex, you know, he pushes through because he's, he's got to, you know, he's trying to, he has to wall it up to get through there. Well, Jeffers does a great job. Sees him going to the inside. He does the only thing he can do, big wide berth, does a late apex, and he beats Stanfield over to the turn, the just like turn 10B apex, the second apex. They're side-by-side coming out of the corner. Jeffers a bit ahead. He It's a, kind of a little right-hand kink turn number 11, and then the right hand hard right-hand turn 12, and Jeffers ends up with the lead. Just a, a solid pass for Jeffers. You know, Stanfield could have gave it up. So he loses the lead. Well, then we come back through the turn number 13, 14, 15 area. And again, that 14, 15 is where it's wet. Alex gets in there, and here comes Chase Gardner on the VME, number one. He's right behind um, Stanfield's energy. And Alex gets in there hot, trying to hold on in second. Opens the door just a little bit. And you know Gardner. He's going in. Gardner throws it in there. A little touch. Uh, neither driver spins or anything. A little touch. Stanfield uh, on the outside, and then Gardner able to get through to get second. Rudolph actually was side-by-side side as well because he was there trying to follow Gardner through. He goes side-by-side side with Stanfield out of four, out of 15. It's flat-out through 15, 16 onto the front straightaway. Stanfield just, just able to uh, outgun uh, Rudolph coming to the line. He finishes third, wins the championship. So the final lap, you listen to it on the ECAN Radio Network when we when we're playing it here this week, man. I was pumped up. It was just one of them awesome final laps with tons of excitement.
1: Yeah, good credit to uh, Jack Jeffers for, you know, pulling the trigger on that final lap. And again, it comes down to you know, I'm I've not really ever been in a battle for the lead on the final lap, you know, my my uh, resume on that situation. <laughs> but uh you got it's it's almost like if I was a team manager, I would want my driver to to post his fastest lap of the race on the last lap, not to be yep. trying to throw defensive lines and with five laps to go and the last lap to go just just hold your line, run the fastest lap that you can on the final circuit because we know these 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 mini carts aren't falling off half a second between from the beginning of the race to the end. I mean we see it all the time with guys laying down fastest lap of the race at the end.
0: I you know David I think that approach would have worked really well for Alex as well because Alex was fast all weekend long blindingly fast all weekend long had he just r- tried to run the best lap he possibly could would Jack have made a move potentially but he already had the championship pretty much locked in qualifying on pole and and, uh, and winning the pre final so I would love to have seen him say you know what I'm going for it you try to get me you know even if Jack could, even if Jack had tried to move to the inside with that double apex Alex probably could have hung the outside. Been you know, uh, through A and B, and then had the inside line for turn 11. Bottom line is, like you said before, learning experience. Uh, this year, and I'll give this to Alex Stanfield, no doubt in my mind, Alex Stanfield steps up, and this was his best season. He really came out of his shell, looked very, very good, dedicated to, to the craft this year, and, and was just impressive. I think I think he did a tremendous job. He ends up finishing third. Uh, as I said, Jack Jeffers with the win. Chase Gardner, a great last lap pass following the suit to go to second. Uh, Stanfield, though, finish in third and gets the victory. Tremendous job for him. Um, Micro Swift, four drivers in the Micro Swift category, really all about Ethan Thomason uh, all weekend long, Class the field, qualified on pole, wins the pre-final, wins the main event going away. Uh, Jack Eilif in the middle of a good battle with James Moss for majority of the race, but Jack breaks away and he pulls uh, out to, to a, a good cushion in second. And then really what happened, James Moss had some trouble. A couple of – one spin, near spin, a couple of almost spins, and that allowed Sarah Bradley to close back up because she didn't make a mistake. Jack, I spun at least once. Uh, I know uh, maybe Moss might have spun twice. Sarah did make – she made no mistakes. She ran within her limit, and she closed up on Moss over the last couple laps, made two hardcore moves to the inside of turn number 10. But as we talked about with Stanfield – Moss able to get a better runner on the outside and held on to it. So although again, just four drivers in, in micro, it was it was a ton of fun to watch. They had a total of 11 driver score points this year again, showing the potential for uh, for more drivers next year all season long. but uh, the four that came to Dallas, uh, it was it was fun to watch and pretty good racing further back.
1: Definitely room for improvement uh, numbers wise in the micro category, but again the first year that uh, you know they put focus on micro. Uh, yep. as we've seen, you know, with I only, so, uh, you know, the room to grow, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, the, you know, as much as I hate to say this, but maybe there's an option to ha- to add kid carts to, uh, to the pro cart challenge, um, just to kind of, uh, get people, you know, Texas is obviously a big state, uh, get people excited about traveling to races. Um, I, it, it's, it's an option, but, uh, yeah. you know, again, they, it's it's they 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 always have room to grow they definitely have room to grow in that category
0: and it's a regional program like you said a kid cart program if they do have guys that want to travel might be able to feed that that micro swift class not not a bad idea all right let's uh, go to s2 uh s2 season was really kind of a max hewitt versus blair hosey battle all year long two very impressive young drivers in the s2 category in the end max hewitt sweeps the season tremendous Tremendous year. Wins all six main events for CRG Nordam. Trevor McAllister working with him, the veteran. uh, Got Max dialed in. We saw it at the Pro Tour at the Summer Nats. He was able to actually, even with the split start, catch up to some of the S1 drivers and and get past them. Just He's going to be a top-level Pro Shifter driver, of course, next year in the Pro Tour and this year at the Super Nats. S2 and S1 coming together as Pro Shifter. He's going to be a good one. Max uh, just absolutely dominated the three S2 sessions. At the season finale at DKC, but not, I say S2, David, because in qualifying, Rod Clenard in S4, who's actually technically an S4 Supermaster driver, out-qualifying all the shifter cart drivers in that damp morning session, Rod, P1 overall, and of course, P1 in the S4 class as well. That guy's good.
1: It's it's the extra weight, Rob. It really, you know, that that it, it plants the cart down wow. through the corners, you know, the extra weight that the uh, us masters drivers have. You know, again, we love rain racing because why? We're overweight. It, hey, it helps listen, us.
0: When we roll by Rod Clonard the Supernats and he offers me a cocktail and doesn't offer you one, you're going to know why.
1: I didn't say he was overweight. I was just saying the masters' weights are heavier. You're than taking away from too. his
0: incredible performance. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You're done. Uh, <laughs> David, David, no, here's it, a water. David, is, David, here's a water. Rob, a, here's a nice bourbon.
1: <laughs> it's it's a great. No, that's a it's a great performance. It is. Too well. Anytime fair. you can you can keep pace as an S4, let alone S4 Supermaster driver with the S2 guys, uh, it's it's a great performance. And so I will. And no, hold, now hold on. He's done that before will- at Almirillo. You know, again, yeah. he's he's no stranger to this.
0: Well, when you when you hear the whole story, he ends up finishing as the winner in S4. Plus, he was second overall all weekend long. He was the second fastest guy behind Max. Did a great job. So anyways, Clonard on the pole. But S2, Hewitt dominated. Uh, pole, pre-final, final, ends up winning the championship. Uh, Blair Hosey actually didn't come to Dallas Carding Complex, focusing on uh, putting together a program for the Super Nationals this year. Of course, they've got their program. They're working on with that that, that spec car program. They're they're uh, putting together. Uh, this opened the door for Riley Can to actually come up and grab second place in points. And not so much because he had the great points this weekend. He actually, I believe, I don't know if they call, I don't know if they got a penalty or not, but he kind of got helped off the racetrack trying to get around. I think he was trying to get around Mark Snyder, and they kind of got together. It was pro- they probably deemed it a racing incident. Uh, uh, Riley was on the outside. I think Mark on the inside. They kind of got together and. You know, spun Riley out a little bit. Mark ended up coming home for second as the as the Snyders finish second and third with uh, Mark and Liam. Can um, ends up finishing second overall in the championship, though. As I said, Rod Clenard topping all three sessions. Nathan Stewart, of course, right there, second place in every run. His three-second place finishes on this, the weekend, on the day, ends up giving him the title, the S4 uh, Master Stock Honda title. Over Rod Clonard by 50 points. So uh, Nathan Stewart, uh, the quick Kiwi, ends up uh, with the uh, the championship in S4. Emeril O'Steen Morgan ran uh, clean all three sessions. He ends up taking the final step on the podium in the third spot. That's the wrap up, David. Some pretty good runs in the, in the shifter cart category. Uh, all told, I want to say in shifter carts, all told, they had something like 26 drivers, I think, uh, for the full season. Um, we had, you know, we had a couple S S ones and one S three at Amarillo, uh, a high point of 14 and S two. So again, I'll talk about it in the, in the, uh, the wrap up, but there is an opportunity with people that have came to run at least one race that there could be a pretty serious program going here. If everybody actually stepped up and said, Hey, you know what? We're going to support this Texas pro car challenge and make it into, you know, a serious regional program to put Texas back on the map.
1: And there's a lot of other drivers that are on the fence or just not ready to go regional racing uh, or just just had needed to take a year off even, too. Uh, So, you know, there there's obviously room for the program to grow. It's just a matter of getting everybody on the same page, getting them at the same events at the same time and to making it a big program. And it could possibly be bigger than what we see at California Pro Kart Challenge. I really do. I really believe that.
0: You know what? It, it the, the problem is that it's such a huge state. That's the thing, right? You know, you're talking about a big run from Houston up to Dallas. Um, of course, a bunch of tracks in Houston, a bunch of tracks in Dallas. You got Amarillo. I'd lo- I'm just hoping to see it grow. If people start getting together, this could be, again, one of those major series uh, that gets pretty big. All right, folks, let's go for one more quick break here. When we get back, David and I are going to talk about the ECAN trackside live uh, calendar, where we're going to be for the next couple of months. And then we'll cap things off with a wrap-up of the final round of the Texas Pro Car Challenge. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and the professional alike. We have an incredible lineup of K1 karting suits designed to fit everyone's budget. Check out our entry-level GK2, the new Apex 2, and our top-of-the-line Speed 1 suit. Then choose from our Apex and RS1 carding gloves and add in our K1 shoes, rib protectors, and neck collars. If you need a custom suit to support your sponsors, we can create a custom look as unique as you are. As you would expect, our custom suits are made to order. With pricing as low as $495, You're sure to find a suit that not only satisfies your racing needs, but is easy on the wallet as well. We take care of all of our customers at K1 Race Gear, not just the ones with deep pockets. Visit K1RaceGear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing season.
1: Hello, karting fans. This is Gabby Chavez, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to episode number 34 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. Wrapping things up here with David Cole. Uh, David, uh, it's been a a huge season for us. A lot of events that we've been traveling to uh, from the Scusa Winter Series, the Challenge of the Americas, USPKS, WK Man Cup, Texas Pro Kart Challenge, Scusa Pro Tour, one-off races like the Rock Island Grand Prix, Streets of Lancaster, Man, we've uh, we got a lot coming. But before we look at it, let's, let's jump into the ECAN Trackside Live calendar presented today by Bell Racing USA. Be confident in the risks you take on the track, knowing you're not taking a risk with your safety. Bell Racing USA designs and develops innovative, technically superior helmets to maximize protection and enhance driver's performance. Curious why the world's best race car drivers use Bell? Bell Racing USA has the lightest helmets with the highest standards in all of motorsports check out the only CMR rated all carbon helmet in the world. The new KC seven carbon CMR joined by the GP 2 youth KC seven CMR and RS seven K for adults. You won't find a better product to keep you safe when you're behind the wheel. Check us out at www.bellracing.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at bell racing USA. All right, David Cole, uh, Dude, honestly, we've got three more races left on the docket for 2018. That is it. That's nuts. Thinking that we were just back, you know, we just started the season off. You were at Daytona. We were at Homestead for the, you know, the inaugural of Winter Series race. Man, this season blowing by again.
1: Yep. We 21 in the books so far, Uh, three more to go.
0: So Streets of Lancaster, uh, by, by the time you get this thing out, what you'll have this thing out on Thursday. People will be listening to it Thursday and Friday. We go straight to Lancaster, man. Uh, just that uh, we love this race. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the probably longest days that we have all year long, simply because the fact that, you know, we're there for Saturday morning on the racetrack, but we're doing the, the Boulevard championship races plus X 30 and S one running under the lights. We're there till probably 10, 11 o'clock on Saturday nights, almost, you know, it's, it's one of those 14 hour days, but, uh, I love going to Lancaster man just such an awesome race just the, the people get so into it.
1: Well so the so the racers kind of use it for a warm up for Supernats. Yeah. We can kind of use it for a a warm up at Supernats as well too because we put in the the many hours uh throughout that week as well too. So it's yeah it's going to be great to go back to Lancaster.
0: So looking at, are you looking forward to anything in particular for Lancaster? I know like, one thing I looked at Beck's, which was the restaurant right at the boulevard corner is now a Mexican place and it looks good. Yeah. we gotta eat there at least once. Yeah. It's if it's I'd not
1: pizza, it doesn't really do anything for me. So
0: dude, Cardi Asada. You eat steak. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I, I'm more no. interested in seeing uh if Billy Musgrave can can sweep the season for California Pro Kart Challenge. He has yet to lose a session in California Pro Kart Challenge competition.
0: Wow, that's uh I like that. That'll be a storyline we'll work on. Again, that's where we're going this weekend. Now, after that, David, a month break. You'd be cutting grass for a month. But after that, you head to the finale of the WK Manufacturers Cup, round number six. Back down to Mooresville, North Carolina. Go Pro Motorplex, October 26, 27, 28. Yeah,
1: when you were talking about rain before, it rained there in March. And with it being October, (laughs) I'm going to guess it's going to rain again.
0: Uh, I'm going to say that in the offseason, we'll have to buy – we don't have this right now. We'll have to buy some uh, EKN team – Rain gear. I know we don't have anything like that for us now. I'll make sure we have some of that for 2019. But, yeah, it's uh, it's always a potential for rain. But, man, it's such a great racetrack, man. I That that place is just fantastic, isn't it? It is.
1: Uh, driven it in 2015. Def- definitely want to drive it again.
0: I like it. After that, folks, we got a couple of weeks, and then we are back at it for what is the granddaddy of them all, the 22nd running of the Supercarts USA Super Nationals. They head back to the Rio all sweet hotel and casino March 14, 15, 16, 17, 18th. We'll have more information on our live program there. David and I are going to pull out all the stops. There's going to be a lot of great coverage, new stuff throughout the entire week. I'm told, I believe we're going Facebook live again on Sunday, super Sunday for the main events. So we'll get that information for you, but you know, that's just the biggest race. And, uh, of course we'll be and live. David and I will be track side probably Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, and, uh, We'll be giving you all the information you need. That's it is. That's our EK and Trackside live calendar. Three more races set to go. Lancaster man cup and super Nats. David time winding down in this edition of the debrief. Let's do the wrap up. Uh, Texas pro car challenge entry level entry levels, entry numbers on overall up for 2017. Even though there's some uncertainty with the scusa shifter program that definitely affected the Texas PKC. They, you know, in the past have had a lot of shifter cart guys. We just haven't had the same amount this year. Uh, Once they figure out how they're going to get people to attend the races, they're going to be good because all told 135 different drivers running at least one event this year.
1: Yeah. That's why we were talking about earlier. Uh, You know, they have the numbers. uh, And as we said, once they figure out the shifter program, they'll be able to get those numbers even better. Uh, And again, it can be bigger, as big, if not bigger, than what we see out in California.
0: I agree. Uh, Chassis wins at the Dallas Karting Complex for the finale. CRG winning both uh, shifter kart categories. Uh, two wins for them. Uh, Tony Kart winning both X30 Senior and X30 Junior. Uh, Burrell getting the win with Keith Harless in uh, in the master category. Bennett grabbing the win in mini in the mini Swift and Parlin with Ethan Thomason scoring the win in micros, So five different chassis scoring wins at the Texas Pro Kart Challenge finale. All in all, David, pretty clean racing. Uh, I thought it was really impressive uh, for the most part uh, throughout the year. Mark French did a tremendous job as the, as a, as the race director, I think, as a fill-in role. Uh, wasn't supposed to be the art of the race director, but ended up uh, grabbing that position when it was vacated just weeks before, a couple weeks, maybe even a week before the start of the season. Uh, All in all, I thought he did a a tremendous job. You know, he could be a great race director. I'm not sure if he wants to do that, but being, you know, the father of a national number one ranked driver, Jake French, a mechanic, he's had his hand in so many different levels that I think he did a great job. Last but not least, we'll see what happens. You know, the promoters, Gina and Mark French, have got some interesting options. I've been told some plans that could be on the table for 2019. A lot of cool stuff happening for the Texas Pro Car Challenge. That's it, bud. We're done. Ready to go to Lancaster? In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait. We're going to land in LAX. I got to wait for an hour until they get there. We'll hop down the rental car, straight to in and out hooking it up. I, You know what? I'm I'm debating animal-style French fries. But I saw Mike I think Mike Burr's posted, animal-style fries with chopped chilies. That's, that sounds that pretty sounds good. It sounds like you. Oh, God, it sounds good,
1: doesn't it? It does sound like you.
0: And you'll have what? Double or triple burger with nothing on it. Yeah.
1: It's a meat. It's a bun.
0: Didn't you do didn't you do the quad and you didn't like it? No, oh, I loved it. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, David. We're only a couple days from internet. Look forward to seeing you at Lancaster, buddy. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be fun. Can't wait. There you go, folks. We're wrapping up episode number thirty-four of the debrief, where we break down the most recent event that we've traveled to as part of the ek and trackside live tool tour presented by cooper tires and again a big thank you to everyone at cooper tires for supporting the our entire program and of course they'll be on board again as always uh, at the super nationals folks we're done more to come another debrief next week when david cole and I'll wrap up what we saw at the streets of lancaster we appreciate you tuning in a lot more podcasts to come for 2007 or uh, the 2019 and Again, really to the end of 2018. We got a nice little break between here and the and the Super NAS. I'm home for six weekends. David's got WKA. Lots of stuff coming. Make sure to tune into the ECAN Radio Network. If you have not downloaded the app, do that today. Get the app, get it on your iPhone, your, your mobile device, whatever it may be. Uh, you go to iTunes, go to the Google Play or the Google Store, hook everything up, ECAN Radio Network, at the push of a button, 24-7, 365, carding content. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howland. Thank you for tuning in again for episode number 34 of the debrief. Bye for now.